is this an important matter? And if it's important, what is it important for? So this is where we kind of get into our values and why I really do believe that having your own set of values that are important to you, that you engage as your filter for life can help you in moments like these when you feel like you're like, I can't catch a break. Everything's not going my direction. How do I be flexible? Well, the way to be flexible is to engage your values. Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Be Real. As I learned last week, season five. This is season five. So we're here again. We're getting launched. So here's a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes. We are going to have guests that are going to be coming on the show. But we had a little bit of a hiccup, which was perfectly okay. And I like to talk about these things because I feel like all of our lives are like this. I don't know if you are a person. I don't know how many times I've texted my husband. I can't catch a break. I cannot catch a break. Like, it'll be the stupidest stuff. But I'm like, yesterday, I'm I'm like, okay. I realize I have so much to be thankful for and so much to be grateful for. Believe me, as I begin to tell you this, I want you to know. In fact, we can have a whole episode about having a cleaning crew that helps you in your home, like having house cleaners. Um, because house cleaners was this massive like World War III between Dave and I that happened early on in our marriage. I was working. I was building my uh, practice as a therapist. I was having more and more clients. We had three kids under the age of five. And I was basically like... If we're not using money to keep this house clean, like if we can pay the bills and then the way I'm working is also adding to our income, and if we're not using that income so that I can be a sane person who is not pretending like I can do all of these things at one time, we're going to need to do that. Now, to Dave's credit, he actually did support the idea of a house cleaner. It was just like we were going back and forth about how frequently would they come and who was, you know, how, how, where was the money going to come from and all of that. But believe me. Once we made that decision, we are never going back. So I give you all that context before I say what I'm about to say. So yesterday I'm in the house. I'm like, okay, it is time to write. I have got to write this book. Like, <laughs> Believe me, every author I know is like this. Well, all the authors that I guess I would be friends with because they're like relational people who are also extroverts. Maybe there's a lot of introvert authors who never leave their home and they there's nothing they want to do more than sit in front of their computer for six hours a day and get lost in their words, which I do like doing occasionally, but it's a real effort to get myself there. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Today's the day. Flow state. Here we go. 90 minutes. <laughs> I only try to hit 90 minutes. If my publishers are listening, guys, don't worry. I will turn in this book. So I'm sitting behind the computer and I'm like, here we go. And I am like, I just get in. And then one a construction guy comes to the door who's helping with like something that's going on that's just part of, you know, being in a newer house. And then the cleaning crew comes four and a half hours early. Now, I, I just, again, it, refer back to my last episode. The whole home is my office. So I try to not be home and give them all their space so they can do their thing. I love it, of course. So they show up. I'm getting out of the shower. I'm not even dressed yet. And I look like down the stairs. I'm like, hey, guys. Um, No, yeah, definitely. Sure, come right now. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I text my husband. I can't catch a break, which I realize. I have wonderful things going on in my life. But those wonderful things are making me not write a book. So that is a problem. So anyway, I have no idea why I shared all that with you guys, except to say, oh, yeah, the hiccup of the season. So in that same spirit, although much different, because this is a change that I would always want to make, 
Um, my assistant, Stacy, who is also like my friend, who is also like my little sister in the Lord that I've been friends with for more than 10 years, love her to death. She is just my ride or die on every level. Anything good that happens if you're on the email list or like someone sends you a book or you book me for a speaking engagement, Stacy is that. She is the wind beneath my wings. She is the person making everything happen absolutely love getting to work with her and be together in this way. And so Stacy just had her second baby, which of course is also super wonderful and beautiful, but it has not gone as expected. The birth was super traumatic. Molly, the baby, has been clinging to life at various times over the last couple of weeks. It's been so terrible and beautiful at the same time. If you've ever been through something really unexpected and a season that's come to you where all you can do is cling to the Lord and cling to your relationships because there's nothing else you can do, that's the season. Um, And as just her being such a deep part of my life and like basically a part of my family, um, it's been so dear and wonderful to just support her and JR, her husband, and their son Gibson, who you will see splashed on my social media. Fun fact, Gibson is the most viewed person that's ever been in any of my social media. I don't know how much, I don't remember, I think it's like, I think he has like half a million views of his baptism, which makes me so happy because that baptism represents exactly who that child is. He is a ray of sunshine in every way possible. So I've gotten to spend a lot of time with him while Stacey and JR are back and forth with the hospital with Molly. And I want to talk about this because, first of all, if you are a praying person, I want to ask you to specifically pray for Molly. Um, she is has had a virus attack her heart. And right now is in wonderful care and so much amazing things have happened. God has shown up in beautiful ways and healing has occurred, but she is still, it's still an unknown situation. And so we're going on week three of her life. And thankfully, she's not in a place where her life is in jeopardy minute by minute, but there's still a lot left and there's still a lot of unknowns. And um, I want you to be praying for Molly because I love this child so much. And anyone who's had a child, loves a child, has been has loved anyone knows that when you are seeing someone that you love fight to survive and fight to breathe and fight to be um, healed, you know, you and you you feel so powerless in it. And what we what we do have is prayer. And truly, if Stacy and maybe Stacy will be on the show at some point, but if Stacy was here, I know she would say because she has said to me so many times, Stacy and Jr. have felt literally lifted by prayer. Like prayer has been happening and it has been said in Molly's hospital room, we do not know why she is getting better. That has been a part of this journey. It just gives me chills to talk about and to think about. And so we are praying with hope. We're praying for full healing for Molly and for protection over um, Stacy and JR and Gibson and their family. And so in the midst of that, all of that was happening and in a really, really like dire state right when we had all of our podcast interviews scheduled. And of course, everyone, I mean, we immediately canceled all of them. Everyone totally understood. Everyone, I think, almost everyone is still able to come back to the show. We just had to push the episodes out a little bit because we're still recording them. So that was a very long, almost a full podcast way of telling you what's actually happening. But I like pivots because your life is full of pivots. My life is full of pivots. We often are in this place where we're like, Ugh, how do I be resilient and flexible? Of course, there are times where it makes perfect sense, like the story with Stacy and Molly and JR. But there's also times where just like little things come up and it's hard to learn how to be resilient. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. 
Hey everyone, I'm really excited about something new that we have to offer you called Real Talk Weekly. This is gonna be an email-only engagement. I'm just gonna slide into your inbox once a week with a few things that represent like the small ways that we actually grow and change. So each week you're gonna get a question. You can use it for journaling. You can use it for conversation. You're gonna get a spiritual thought, something inspirational, something from scripture that's gonna help you get grounded in your identity. And then I'm gonna give you a thought, a takeaway, a practical next step. We all know that change happens incrementally over time. So you can think of this email as your companion on that journey. You can sign up at NicoleEunis.com slash Real Talk. Again, that's NicoleEunis.com slash Real Talk. See you there. Okay, you guys. So I'm still learning all of this. And believe me, I have to actually put it into practice because it doesn't come natural. I, I don't love transitions as much as I thought I did. I always have said that I love change, but the reality is when unexpected things happen, it does take mental work to adjust and to really show up present and joyful and all of that. So if you can relate, here's a couple of things that I've learned that have helped me along the way. So the first thing that I've learned is that it's really important to stop. So if I find myself starting to rev, starting to get irritated or fearful, or I just can sense that I'm moving in a way where I'm kind of dissociating from my life. So dissociation is this idea that you're no longer present, okay? It's a big psychological word. We're actually going to talk about it um, with an author named Chanel Dokum coming up this season. So it's going to be super great. But it's kind of like when you leave your life, you're just like so engaged in whatever you're doing, or you feel so sure you've got to keep things moving that you're not actually present. So if you feel yourself doing that, make sure you stop. And that's the first thing I have to do is when I feel something coming up, I try to say, wait a second, whoop, whoop, pause, like pause the tape for a moment. Okay, re-engage, Nicole, with life, like just re-engage for a minute. And that re-engagement is a chance to say, I need to set my attitude, my beliefs, and my mindset the direction that I want it to go. It's the same analogy that I used last episode. When you're out swimming in the ocean and you're 20 yards down the beach, you don't even realize it. You can do the same thing with your emotional life where you're 20 yards down the beach of irritation, frustration, insecurity, fear, and you don't even know you're there. And so this stopping and pausing gives you a chance to say, okay, come back to who do I want to be in this moment right now? And the second thing I do is I ask myself, what actually matters? And I love just the using the diagram in my mind of urgent and important. Is this an urgent matter that's not important? Is this an important matter that's not urgent? Is this both urgent and important? Or is this neither urgent nor important, which by the way, is probably like 90% of the stuff that irritates you falls into that quadrant. Neither urgent nor important. Now it may feel urgent to someone else. You may be getting some, some vibes, your direction that something is super urgent, but you can, you can level set and say, okay, in my quadrants, where does this fall? Let me now set my attitude in the direction of that thing. So if it's neither urgent nor important, but another person is kind of giving me those vibes, I can actually be positive and pleasant and patient. I can engage with the fact that like, this might be really, really important to my child right now or my spouse or whatever. And it's not that it's not important, but I can be pleasant in it. Like I don't have to go on the crazy train with this other person. I can actually stand by the crazy train and say, toodaloo, enjoy. Like I don't, I don't have to go there. So someone's lack of boundaries does not have to engage my life. I don't have to engage with a lack of boundaries with someone else. So for instance, if my child forgot to bring money to school for an after-school snack or forgot their lunch, 
that actually in the scope of life to me falls into the neither urgent nor important. Um, it doesn't, it's it's important to love my child, but it's not urgent or important to solve this problem. There's a lot of ways to solve that problem. So I can engage with how to solve that problem in a positive and pleasant and patient way without going on the crazy train with the other party. Does that make sense? So that's what I've got to do. I've got to stop. I've got to ask myself, where does this belong in this quadrant? And if I'm revving myself up, let me try to really honestly assess is this an important matter? And if it's important, what is it important for? So this is where we kind of get into our values and why I really do believe that having your own set of values that are important to you, that you engage as your filter for life can help you in moments like these when you feel like you're like, I can't catch a break. Everything's not going my direction. How do I be flexible? Well, the way to be flexible is to engage your values. And you can ask yourself, hey, what's more important to me right now is me getting my to-do list done just because I wrote it more important than the way I show up present for, let's say, my friend who is having a hard day. Which of those is more important to me in the long run, in the long scheme? Because I'm telling you right now, that to-do list is going to feel real important. And you're going to actually not be able to show up for your friend because you're a slave to this productivity mindset that says, I've got to do all these things. And if I don't do all these things, everything's going to fall apart. Meanwhile, do you know what's falling apart? Your friendship. So if you care about your friend, like you have to actually be able to prioritize and be like, what is the most important thing that I can do right now? So I had a great conversation, like Stacy and I were sitting outside of the ICU. Her child is on, you know, like an artificial heart, basically inside of this building. We're sitting out in this beautiful courtyard. Thank God for a courtyard, you know, in the midst of this hospital in the downtown part of Richmond. And she says to me, it's amazing how clear your priorities get in a situation like this. She's like, I literally am doing nothing. The only thing that I care about doing is showing up for my family and praying. <laughs> like, basically, that's it. And she's like, things that feel important don't feel important at all. Now, of course, wouldn't it be great uh, if we didn't have to go through situations like that to realize that? And honestly, this mindset thing that I'm giving you is a way to avoid having to be in situations like that before you realize what your priorities are. And I think, I mean, I know Stacy. She, she's always made that her priority. I see that from the outside. But her heart felt clear. Her mind feels so clear because it's like in a situation like this, you know exactly what matters to you. So try to engage that question of what actually matters the most in this situation. Because whether or not the dry cleaning gets picked up today does not matter. Like not urgent, not important. Um, you could probably show up to someone's wedding for the dry cleaning that you were supposed to pick up and not have the clothes and have to wear something else. Also not important and not urgent. Showing up is what's actually important and urgent. That's actually what matters in life. So maybe like as a, as a practice, if you want to take something away from this podcast today, if you're driving or running or whatever, if you want to take a five minute pause before you do whatever the next thing is that's coming to you, if you could take a five minute pause, I would just invite you to think about a few words or phrases that represent the person that you know you want to be. Like just, this is like the main concept in The Miracle Moment, my last book. If I could take one chapter out of Miracle Moment and give it to you, it would be this. It would just be this one thought. You have got to decide who you want to be. You want to be able to get to the end of your life and you want to ask that question at my 90th birthday party, what do I want people to say about me? 
And you, you've got to set the arrow in that direction. And that is going to help you actually begin to prioritize and to, to make choices, little choices each and every day that take you in that direction. If you don't decide for yourself who you want to become, you will be an aggregate of most likely your negative experiences. That's the general direction of humankind. So if you want to be a beautiful, free, loving, present, whatever, take it light person, you've actually got to decide that and and that decision will then help you moment by moment to move toward that. So if you want to take me up on my offer, five minutes of quiet is worth many sessions of therapy to actually ask yourself the question, what are the words that I want to have describe me? And how do I like sink those into my soul? So in the minute by minute of life, in the I can't catch a break today kind of times of life, you can ask yourself, okay, who do I want to be right now? And how am I becoming that person? That's it, guys. That's my cheap therapy for the day. And I hope that helps you guys. Please like or subscribe the podcast so we can send it out and other people can find it. And if you've got a question for me that you'd like me to answer, you can send it to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com and we might answer it on the show. Thanks for being here. With you.